Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate friendships, personal growth, education services, and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. For many reasons, there are some topics that are difficult and uncomfortable for most of us to discuss openly and directly with others. One of these seems to be our personal wealth status, which reflects for many on how valuable and successful they see themselves being during their lifetime. The last chapter of our life journey, our death, is another difficult and uncomfortable topic. By the time we reach the concluding life chapter, we and some others may be tempted to declare ourselves as winners or losers using the criteria of wealth that we have acquired before we die. To me, it is sad to see individuals who view their lives as being about the winning at some of the games, such as making money and accumulating it for others to see as a trophy of living a successful life. We know that we cannot take our wealth with us, so we get to exercise our personal value system by directing what happens to whatever wealth we have when we die. Other than the ones who die without making a conscious choice, such as not having a will, our wealth can be directed to family, friends, other loved ones, charities, the government, etc., It is unfortunate that so many individuals do not choose to be open and directly discuss the status of their wealth and their preferences for its use before the arrival of death. Most of us want to die feeling good about our lives. If we are disappointed about our wealth accumulations, we may prefer to ignore the topic. Wealth discussion seems to be a very sensitive topic for many people. Others seem to see such discussions as being contagious, so let's not bring them out into the open. After all, we know that denial is a very effective ego defense mechanism for a reason. It works. The second sensitive topic that seems uncomfortable for many to discuss is the healthy living of the last chapter of our life journey. We can be sure that at some time we are going to die. As I age, I find it more difficult to find persons who are comfortable exploring with me such areas as life's relationship to dying. To me, healthy living is seeing the process of dying as just part of the process that we do when we live. Living and dying, to me, are part of the same journey. Our culture is full of many options on how we handle our own death as well as those around us. As each of my birthdays arrive, I am happy for the joys of living another year with his wonderful gift called life. 
I am also aware that I am one year closer to eventually dying. I am faced with the choices of how I want to live this concluding time period, whatever is its length. I believe that I still retain choices of how I shall manage this last chapter. One of the most difficult conversational challenges I have faced with my own aging is finding other people who are comfortable discussing openly and directly this last life chapter with the physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, religious, etc. characteristics that go with this period. I am reminded of a saying from the old folks of my childhood who said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. It seems that our culture has decided that it is in the best interest of all that everyone strive to live as long as possible. Why not have the option of embracing death? Can we embrace death if we actually believe that a better place awaits our loved ones and us? Can we embrace death when we prefer to leave life which has lost its quality and one that may be full of pain? To me, these are very important questions for mental health. I have seen individuals become ill and their daily life is like a living hell, full of pain. I find myself wondering whether this one-size-fits-all approach of keeping everybody alive as long as possible really is a rational approach. Regardless of the various costs to the individual and to those around him or her, we seem as a culture to believe that we should do everything possible to extend a person's life, regardless of whether the individual wishes those efforts to be made for him or her, whether these efforts to extend life drain our loved ones and their resources in many areas. At the same time, I have seen more individuals take personal initiative for saying enough is enough. Let me go. They do this by writing living wills and issuing powers of attorney that no extraordinary means be used to extend their life. One can wonder how we handle the mix of emotional and physical illness. Should people be allowed to choose suicide as a reasonable alternative when their physical health has reached a certain stage and before depression makes death an attractive alternative to intense pain, whether it be physical and or emotional. After seeing patients in a hospital and some residents in a nursing home, I wonder who is being helped by prolonging the process of death. The individual who has no quality of life left or those around him or her who decide that they are not prepared to let go To me, these are real questions for our personal value system. And it is also the type of question that can be very, very difficult. I believe discussion is healthy for me. It is easy to see why these are sensitive topics and questions for us to discuss about our own lives and with the ones with whom we care so much. Even if it is difficult to be open, and direct with discussion of wealth values and the process of dying, who are we helping with personal health by ignoring their discussions? 
even when they are present in everyone's life journey. You and I and everyone we know will eventually be faced with this last chapter of life. As we all learn at some stage, there is a significant difference between discussing feelings and thoughts in the abstract versus actually having the experience of going through them. I had such an experience a while back. I once stopped by our local fire station to have my blood pressure read and recorded. This is a service that is offered free to all of our local county residents. To this day, I cannot determine why I stopped on that particular day at that time. I expected to get a normal reading and then head off for my four-mile walk at the local Lowe's Home Improvement Store. The EMT who read my blood pressure called over a second EMT to check his reading. These two men looked worried. By the time they had called over the lieutenant to check their reading, I was also worried right along with them. They asked if I would allow them to do an EKG since my systolic and diastolic readings were well over my normal averages. The EKG confirmed the abnormal readings. The EMTs decided that I needed to go to the hospital emergency room. They were concerned that I might black out if I drove myself, so I was transported in an ambulance. I was hesitant to do this, but I also knew that these men saw heart problems and death on a daily basis. I felt fine, and I wondered why I'd go to this trouble. Then I remembered that heart disease is often called the silent killer. And it could have been killing me at the very time, even though I was feeling just fine. Riding in an ambulance and being rolled into a hospital ER is an experience that will tap thoughts and feelings that are not easily touched by the rituals of daily life. Of course, I found myself inquiring of God, is this the day that I really am going to die? How am I feeling seeing the reality that it could be today? Not someday in the future when I get old, or someday in the future when I get really sick, or when I have more time to prepare. Another question like, what is really important to me during these last minutes hours, days of life? Have I done all that I am going to have done before I depart? Will I see heaven? Do I enter my death with fear and resignation or anticipation and possible joy? I personally have no expectations of heaven with golden streets and large mansions running by crystal rivers or angels trying out their new wings. But what do I really expect to find when I leave this world? Since I leave my body behind, what does God plan for my spirit as the unique human being he created so many years ago? I still believe that God will be waiting for me in some form to reunite our spirits, just as he has been with me during my entire life adventures on this planet. Have I completed all that was planned for me to be and do during my time on the earth? What major gifts have I given to others while alive? How have I overlooked opportunities to serve and assist others? 
Have I allowed myself to freely receive gifts that others have or wish to have given to me? The questions roll on with such things as, what is the status of my bucket list? Have I done the major priority items or allowed myself to become distracted with an expectation that I would always have more time to complete it? When we are very young, we assume that we have forever. Do we modify that as we get into our senior years? So I ask myself, what will my departure mean to the important people in my life? Have I truly given them all that I could in the time and the resources that was given to me? Do I continue this pattern for whatever time I have left? What will I change if I were to get more time? Have I continued to place energy into the continuation and energizing of friendships? I believe very firmly that building a friendship takes work and to maintain it takes even more energy and effort. So I asked myself as I was waiting in ER 18, have I become negligent in making the strong efforts to maintain these friendships as healthy and positive bonds? Have I allowed those valuable friendships to dissolve in a habit without investing the attention to keep them healthy? Could I have done better to maintain the unique gifts that these special people can give, have given, and receive as we share a friendship? Am I appropriately appreciative for all the special people placed into my life journey? Even if I leave life today, can I truly appreciate all of those wonderful gifts given to me for my life journey? Am I afraid of what is ahead after death? Am I afraid of any guilt that I may not have been a true steward of the many gifts that I believe God has given to me? What happens if I do not die today? What happens if I am just stricken with a long-lasting illness? How am I going to handle this both emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, etc.? What are my expectations of myself and others around me if I do not die today? I can continue with asking myself that if I cannot live alone any longer and need to live with other people, what happens? After living such a healthy life, how can I handle in a positive manner all of the emotionality that surrounds being a severely ill person? Can I heal without burdening others with excessive drama? What can I do to help others as they strive to assist me? I can continue my questions with, have I done all that I can to assist both of my nephews to handle the stresses of handling a family loss, as well as that pain of governmental regulation known as probate court? Are the papers needed at my death all in order to allow them the easiest way to cope? The questions went on and on and on as I waited in ER number 18 for the physician to tell me what was my condition and whether I would live another day. I did not have a heart attack. I did not have a stroke. Was greeted with great thanksgiving and personal relief. 
I realize that I have another opportunity to live a joyous life and make the same, or I can make different choices on the changes that today produced. That day in the ER, that ambulance ride, that whole process did change me. Since that day, I have learned that this exploration of my life ending in death is a continuous, ongoing process each morning that I am so blessed to awake and see a new day. What can I learn from these experiences to help me better prepare for the arrival of the real day of my death? What will I do to actively implement these thoughts and feelings that have changed and become much clearer after that particular experience? I find that each day I have to live in comparatively good health is appreciated far more deeply than it was before that stop at the local fire station. What shall I decide is the best use of this additional time that I have been given? After that day, I see each day that I am alive as a bonus. I was definitely changed by this experience, but what will I change, if any, about my life choices? My questions about the end of my life journey are still present. I ponder them for portions of each day as I continue to enjoy this wonderful gift of today. I personally hope sharing this experience can be one more gift that I am allowed to give to others while I am still alive. I value the lyrics of a song entitled, Please Give Me My Flowers While I Am Living So I Can Enjoy Them While I Can. Do not wait until I am in a casket and place lilies in my hand. I still believe that the pleasures of giving and assisting others through teaching and counseling and the various other jobs that I have experienced has been one of the major goals and joys of my personal life journey. This is your friend and host, James Hewitt. I thank you for listening to me on this podcast and the others in this series, as I have shared viewpoints from my own experiences and attitudes with wellness psychology. These are my gift to you, my listeners. Your positive feedback sent by email is always appreciated. That address is Power for Positive Living at gmail.com. As your friend and host here on Friendship Podcast Radio, I encourage you to nurture yourself as the unique individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to Power for Positive Living and Friendship. Good day.